When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Real Adventures. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Redmond, good morning to you. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? I'm well, mate. I'm well. And I'm, I was extra well during the week when you sent me a message. We were organising uh, when we were catching up for lunch. Um, and you said, just on the way back from Apollo Bay, I'll call you. And then you proceeded to send me two uh, videos of the great Gary Rowan, John footballer Gary Rowan, uh, who missed last weekend's game with a uh, suspension. Anger issues. Through a guy Vicious tackle. Yep. Terrific. Should have been banned for a month. Anyway, that's not the point. Uh, you went down to Apollo Bay <laughs> and Gary vomited for four hours straight. Do you play tonight by any chance? Yes, I do. 7-10, first game back at Caninia Park. Well, Gary hit 40 kilometres the other day, which is, I think it might even be an AFL record in speed. 40, he did. 40 kilometres. Yep. Well, he's now 14 kilos lighter, so there's a chance he hits 48. <laughs> Mate, there's nothing tonight. worse. I couldn't stop laughing. This is a great story. I saw him... Uh, when was it? Monday, Tuesday morning. We had uh, we had recovery Monday, uh, and then Tuesday morning we're all in the, in at the club, and um, and I saw him. I said, "So how are you?" I was just <laughs> laughing my head off internally, and he saw how I was chuckling. He's like, he didn't even speak. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> so what we're talking about is my trip to Apollo Bay with Gary Rowan. It was great. Do you want to? I'll fill you in for the day. This is a good story. So. Like the night before, it started here. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Gary's not very good on the phone, similar to yourself. He's better than you, but not as good. He, uh, I messaged him and said, do you want to go to Apollo Bay tonight after dinner? Yep. Didn't reply. Messaged me at 8.40 and goes, oh, tonight? I said, well, do you want to go now? I'm still awake. We'll go down now. I've got free com. Let's go down there. So we went down to Apollo Bay at night. That, that, uh, night? At probably 9, 10, 9.30 by the time we packed the boat. So he got there before before midnight. I'd rather do that because I feel like Jeez, I'm... gone late. I feel like I'm rested though. still got six and a half hours sleep. Yep. So still, oh, six hours. Still got. I feel like I'm rested. Rather than leaving my place, do you at get nervous? Do you get nervous trailering at night in a region where there's a lot of kangaroos? I'm assuming well, the ram wasn't I'd, sitting on eighty as you went down the about, highway. About one ten. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it. Uh, oh, the it, speedo out. Is it? <laughs> oh, it must be. Oh, sorry, it was in miles per hour too. Uh, <laughs> it. Uh, it got me in the car one day. I had it. The changes to miles in power, miles per hour on on the. On the actual steering wheel, and it got, toggles, yeah. And it was saying sixty. And I'm like, why am I passing all these cars? I'm getting up to Jeez, eighty. I'm, I'm like, going quick. <laughs> quick. And then I realised it was MPH. Anyway, back to the story. We headed down, and it's not a very nice drive down the. We're a bit excited this Bay. morning, aren't we? We're yeah, a bit it's excited. a good story. Po- apologies, everyone. And we headed down, and we got there safely. Fantastic. We woke up in the morning, had a really good sleep. Woke up in the morning, looked outside, and we stayed. The house has a hospital across the road. Thank God for me. <laughs> and these <laughs> flags on the hospital pat. That's the first thing going, you look for. People look for like close amenities, close yeah. to the beach, cafe, uh, coffee yep. shops, and you're like, "Yep, beautiful. It's got a hospital with a um, 
With a decent emergency section. Perfect. <laughs> That's all you've got to look for. And it had the flags were just pointing sideways. And I said to Gary, which is the wind, great. The wind woke me up, Gary. And he, uh, to Gary, and he goes, it woke me up too. He goes, is this meant to drop? I said, it's not meant to be here. It's meant to be like 12 to 15 knots from the north-northwest. Is that right? It was blowing westerly 20 plus. I said, it has to drop out. We get to the servo. Polo Bay Servo opens at 6 o'clock. Well, it used to open at 6 o'clock. We got there at quarter to 6 to just sort of get boats ready, uh, things ready uh, in the boats. We didn't have to do it at the ramp, blah, blah, blah. Gary goes, the servo doesn't open to 7. They change, they change their trading time. Okay, well, this is a pain in the backside. So you've gotten up we, early. That's, that's We should have driven around from Ocean Grove at 5 o'clock and we would have, instead of going all the night before. The night before, and, yes. Yeah. Anyway, Gary goes, you got a flat tyre. I said... What? He goes, no. look down the side. The did tire's you, blown out, not just you, flat. It's you didn't blown tell out. me this. A tire blew. I did in the text, in the but car. you would have been excited laughing at Gary spewing. It was in the te- It was in my list. Tire blew out the side, so my tire's blown up at the servo. Lucky we've got time. Changed the tire over. A gentleman that lives in Apollo Bay happened to be a mecha- mechanic that followed Salt Guide. Took my tire for me. Fixed it that day. So a massive thanks to him. Didn't charge me anything. Gave him fifty bucks to say thanks. Fixed my whole. Fixed my whole uh, uh, tire for me. Lovely guy. We get to the ramp, Pat, still blowing 300 knots. I said to Gary, we'll just go for it, mate. If it's no good, we'll come back. We get down there. He's like, yeah, this is all right. I'm like, yes, it's northwest right now. It's offshore. Wait till we get to the Otway. Well, at the ramp, actually, we've got to take what step as back a step. I had my wet weather jacket, which I obviously needed because of how rough it was. Gary decides to throw it. It was in the car. I said, grab my jacket out. Will you bring it down when you come down? He decides to throw it from when he was undoing the trailer to me. What happens when there's 40 knot winds? The jacket gets blown off the other side of the pier into the water. There goes my jacket, gone. Okay, there goes, lost a nice $250 jacket. So you, could, you, you didn't get it. Oh, it was like a sail, Patrick. Can you catch a yacht in 40 knot winds? It was gone. <laughs> it was straight gone. I'm like, far out. So it's blown in the water and it's just like, how do I go get it? And I can't drive the boat in there. It's all rocks on that side. I'm like, what oh, do I... Oh, sorry. No, I wasn't going to wait to... Blew up in Tassie to get the spirit over. Anyway, so that happens. So we're, at, we're going well. Not only that, if we had a quarter fish, we forgot the ice at the servo. We had no ice. We forgot. We got out there and we stayed in close for a bit. And I said, right, time to go out wide. We're not seeing anything. Gary's like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And I'm thinking, he's going to get sick. Two minutes later, I have never seen so much so sick. It started. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Oh, uh. no, I'm not real good here. And then, I, hey, Gary, how you going? Oh, I don't know. And then it's on. He's spewing his guts up. He was so sick, I actually thought like he was going to die. I ended up... The problem is, an hour and a half back in, usually when you drive, you get sick, you come good again. Mate, it's the worst. There is... No cure for it. There's no remedy, mate. Well, we drive back in. The land, terra, terra firma. We drive back in. Took an hour and a half to get in. That's how bad it was. The whole time, I was worried that Gary was going to pass out on the boat because he couldn't even hold his body weight up. He was that sick. We get in. I was perfectly fine, by the way. I asked him to go get the car. He goes, I can't get the car. So he couldn't even go get the car to back the trailer down. I had to walk all the way up and get it, drive it down. And as I'm walking back, he's holding the boat to the pier. This is how bad he was. He wrapped his legs in the gunnel in the boat, like one in the, like where your gaffs go. Had his legs in there, lying over the pier, just holding his body weight, <laughs> holding the oh, pier. No. That's how bad he was. And Did you get any fish? No, didn't catch a thing. We were out there for about an hour and come in. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And we're driving back. We took a wrong turn because of the detours, and I got stuck down a, a, a one-way road, dirt road that had potholes bigger than my leg, like my knees. I had to reverse backwards down it about 500 metres, and the day was great. But you know what? I didn't actually get pissed off once. Nothing. I was actually just laughing the whole time. You couldn't do anything about it. It was just one of those trips. It was one of those days. Yeah. Speaking so, of those days, I had one of those weeks 
except the opposite. Gathered round in South Australia was one. How of, was it? It, it looked was, fantastic. It was the best round of footy that I've ever been involved in. Why? What's different? Because it was like grand final week, but there was less anxiety because it's not like a grand final. A grand final. So if you lost over the weekend, it's like, well, there's another 18 rounds to go, whatever it is. So does it really matter? The there was just a vibe and a happiness right throughout the the city of Adelaide that I've never experienced in any other city when it come when it comes to a sporting match or matches ever. So what, like the bars, pubs, everything? Was everything. Just yeah. And because people were wearing their colours regardless of, you know, who they're supporting, you know, if you're wearing the opposition colours walking down Highland Street at night, it can be um, probably yeah. not your, your best Smart destination thing. to go. But it was the opposite. The vibe in the city was just incredible. It was infectious. And the way that the AFL had set it up, it truly was a celebration of footy that I haven't experienced before. Um and they obviously announced a, a three-year extension of Gather Round post, I think it was a Sunday night. Yeah, just before... Maybe oh, just yeah. before the St Kilda game. Yeah, it was, it was about then, yeah. And it was it was brilliant. They did such an incredible job. Uh, I think the, you know, the, the sky's the limit for this. And this is a concept that was essentially uh, borrowed, stolen, however you want to describe Stole it. Stole from the NRL. From the NRL. <laughs> um, the, I think very, very quickly... It's going to be forgotten that you know the NRL were the creators of Magic Round and Gather Round will be you know the biggest event on the footballing calendar, you know bar the grand final. It was a, it was brilliant and to have you know the stadium and facilities that were set up, the ground was bloody sensational. I'll tell you what, three votes to the groundsman at Adelaide Oval. Oh, the amount of that, water it copped and the ground, it was perfect. Now I was impressed the most with like you know myself being a politician quite into politics. The Premier of South Australia was an absolute ripper. He's very happy with himself. But he was a nice guy. Absolute, like, absolute I, like ripper. I having a beer, having hand. a kick of the footy. But he was. And he, he should be happy footy. with himself. I watched on Fox, I think it was Buckley, Eddie, Cass and Howie, they were interviewing him. And it was terrific. He was just like a normal bloke. He wasn't yep. like that. Don't get me wrong, if you like Dan Andrews, but he's a bit of a wanker when it comes to times. Like you talk to him and he's like talking to a robot. This guy seemed normal. Like he was... Like real, I actually enjoyed listening to him, and he was all for it. Like he was well, having did, a, having a crack. I, I I thought he was terrific. They did a ter- uh, they did a terrific job, yep. and to secure it for three years, um, of shot such such short notice too. I think it was five months, was it? Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, your weekend fishing. Let's get to it because there's been a lot more fish than just the barrel bluefin tuna. Despite the uh, the weather that you encountered earlier in the week. The whiting, the squid, it is school holidays at the moment. It's sure still is. a great time to get your family out on the water. For those that are on school holidays, are taking the kids out, where are you pushing people towards to give yourself the best chance of capture? Somewhere you're going to catch fish. Sounds dumb, but with kids. So I would be doing something like the garfish yep. uh, in the areas of the eastern side of the bay. This is boat and land-based. Is uh, there specific like winds or time of the day? Is no it wind. Later in the afternoon. No, no wind. No wind. Yeah, late afternoon, early morning is probably your best spot land based. Boat, yep. you shouldn't matter too much because you can get out a little bit further. Yep. But just no wind. Look, it sounds dumb, but ne- I'm pretty sure from now onwards, there's no wind for a week nearly. Like yep. it's minimal, so it's perfect time to go. That's what I don't know about going to. I don't um, know when school holidays finish, but I think it might be Monday. So make the most of this beautiful weekend because the last one was away, yeah. last one was shocking. So this weekend looks a lot better with regarding the wind. Don't go to Apollo Bay when it's forty knots, but it's it's <laughs> garfish are a good option. There's the whiting are okay. Like it's my favorite time of the year, and usually when they're at their best. But 
They're a bit they're, funny. They're the, like, they're the worst I've ever seen them. Yeah. Like, they are. So it's a bit weird. Uh, they were going good, but it's that ebb tide, which is usually the better tide. We cannot... They're just... You can get your smaller fish up in St. Leonard's and, and the likes, but you usually they should not be... Not really big bagging out. Not really, no. On the incoming, a little bit different story. There's more fish, but I don't know what's going on. It's been months like this, but this is at its worst, which where it should be at its best. But plenty of calamari right through the bays too. We've got that new moon. Tide's going to kick back in a little bit. So fishing the ends and starts of the tides, you'll get calamari through both bays. Western Port got some cracking big squid in there at the moment too. Uh, then you've got the gummies offshore, which I've forgotten about, but they'll come into to action now because the offshore tuna have thinned out a fair bit. Yeah. They're right. nowhere near as thick as they were. I did last week 188 kilometres out there looking for barrels off Ocean Grove. Couldn't didn't find, didn't find anything. Uh, so when that generally happens, you see that thinning out of the school tuna. Do you think we'll start to see the big barrel bluefin tuna start to roll through? Because that sort of had been... What had happened last? There's season. definitely fish here now, barrels in small pockets. Yeah. But like when I say small pockets, it's, hard work. it's not. Yeah, it's more than hard work. Like it's you got to be, you gotta be yeah, and you got to work hard to get them, and you got to be out there consistently to work out where they are. Yep. These schoolies, they could they could turn they could show back up again in the next week and be thick again. But from what I've seen in the past week to two weeks of looking, it's definitely you're not having them. The schools aren't as thick in density of numbers, and they're not everywhere like they were. So I, I think it's the last leg of them at the moment. Is that because are you seeing like a, a thinning out of the amount of bait around the area? Is that does that have anything to do with it? It's or not is so. It, I don't. I don't reckon it's bait. I reckon it's the water temperature, which has dropped significantly. It's and it's getting less and less. So we, what we like to call these fish is our summer runner fish, and it's the warm water. So you can you can pretty much kiss goodbye uh, kingfish then. Yeah, well, there was actually some caught during the week. Funny enough, you say <laughs> that. It funny back. enough, you say that it actually <laughs> was some caught. But no, you are right. The water temps tapering away. It's 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 now late season, so you've got early season when everything. We're on the opposite end of the other the other side of the. It sounds dumb, but like no, no. When you this, start to get a few little, oh, hang on, this is now where that's yep. right. This is if this is back in November when everything was like, oh, here they come, the tuna are coming. You know, in December where it's like, oh, here well, the odd kingfish is getting caught. This is the other side of it now. Yeah. So we're coming down the bottom end when that temperature is the same as that. Consistency's yep. dropped, etc. So we. We've come off the peak. We're dropping down the other side, unfortunately. Uh, we're going to hit that real warm winter we get, and we're going to have basically whiting gummies. Squid are going to be your three options through the winter months. The odd flatties as well, the odd garries and that, but as your dominant species, you're going to have your gummies, your whiting, and your squid, which is what I'll be concentrating on, basically. Oh, and the barrel bluefin, sorry. But they're travelling and also at home if they rock up again. So talk to us just before we head to the break. Um, that... Tenure of the big bluefin. Yep, they're around for months now. Oh, it's nearly a twelve-month bloody thing, Pat. It's yep. Like the last ones were caught before December last year, and the first ones were caught two months ago. So what are we now? Yeah, nearly end of April already. So yeah, it's nearly. A, it's probably not quite a twelve-month thing of barrels. The consistency of barrels is probably a six-month thing where they run hard for six months. But it's tuna fishing is at more than a twelve month thing. Like it's it's all year round. But the barrels aren't far away either. We've got a massive show of real adventures heading your way this morning. Stick around because after the break, we'll be finding out what's biting in your backyard and around Australia. You're listening to Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures. Now time for the whip around, where we find out what's been biting right around the state, Redmond. 
Uh, let's kick off in New South Wales. We've spoken at length around the billfish and the marlin, and they're still going really well out of Bermagui. Let's talk about about that, mate. Do you need your boat dusted off <laughs> yeah. at all by any chance? So you're that no. confident. It's that it's, it's going the reports fantastic. are that well. Yeah. Uh, Headhunter Charters out of Bermagui managed to land his every one of his clients on the boat the other day. Some fish each. A fish each. Uh, boats are getting up to eight a day, six a day. It is very good fishing. Black marlin still hanging around, small ones, and striped marlin. So it's it's literally red hot out of that Burmy region. And there's a few other hot spots too. So it is great to see late season marlin. It's always good when we're in middle of April and well, nearly end of the April and we're catching marlin. It's great. Uh, closer to the CBD? Yeah, the Kingies outside the harbour. So we're talking out just outside the, uh, the city harbour entrances, the yep. heads. Uh, Best way to target All those... Yeah, using yakkers and squid, live baits, has by far been the best. You'll get them on jigs, but just use working the headlands. Yep. Uh, you get that current offshore, and the king, the current's slow, they're a bit harder, but when the current's going, there's plenty of kings from rat size right up to over a metre. So there's plenty plenty there. you just got to work, work, keep working until you find them. When you find them, there's, there's a lot of fish. So, so would you be more inclined once <clears> you've... Um, if you've caught them on the live bait and they're around, would you then jig, or would you still... I'd be live You're better baiting. off rigging back up and live baiting again. Jigging gets hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> life baiting is much easier, yeah. especially when you meet a king pulling down on the end of your rod. It's uh, they do pull hard. No, I'm, I'm a live bait. I love my live bait. A lot of people love jigging too. So if you do love jigging, it's gonna if you can get you can do it both ways. You can f- have live baits in and and have and when you mark them up, mark the fish, stop the boat if they're not taking the live. Is then drop jigs down, two jigs on either side, fire them up. Yeah, fire them up. There's so many different ways you can. You can't talk about it here all day because we need a segment for it. But it's there's so many methods that you can use to fire kings up, etc. When when you talk jigging, are you going? Are you always predominantly metal, or would you go like obviously like a, a weighted soft plastic? What's your? Yeah, it all works. The jigs are, the jigs fire them up. They're fast flashing. Yeah, they so, work well. So it's like a teaser, in a, you obviously catch them with it. So your metal jigs. I big hundred grammers right up to two hundred grammers, depending on the depth of water and the current that you're fishing. So even bigger, two sixty sometimes if you're in 40, 50 meters and a bit of current. The bigger you need, bigger jigs. So particularly outside of the, the heads of the Sydney Harbour entrance, yeah. you've got a lot of movement, you know, fast movement. You can have movement. So yeah, any movement like Montu at the moment, the king shut down this week in Burmy because there's no current. Yeah, the snapper were eating the jigs. The snapper feed better when there's no tide. So it's just kings, you get a bit of current, the kings will fire up and the jigs will work again. So it's just, like I said, needing a segment to talk about that, Patrick. So that'll be next summer. <laughs> Queensland, Baffle Creek, uh, the jacks are on fire at the moment. Once again, it's the live baits that yep. have been uh, doing the Little potty best. mullet working well. Around the rocky structures, Redmond. Yep, that's working really well, the potty mullet. So throw them in. You get them on hard bodies too, but they've definitely been the best at live bait. Uh, Tweed Coast Beach is fishing really well. Some massive salmon to three kilo pat have been uh, been caught, as well as the tailor mixed in with them. So there's plenty happening along the beach at Tweed. A few dartfish also. Heading uh, across to the west, we've got some big mulloway being caught, Red. Yeah, we'll bingo some beach uh, beach mulloway. So big fish. During the day too, they were caught. There was actually two of them that I've seen. They were about 20 kilo each. Big things, massive things. So great fishing. And they were on bait. Uh, so not hard bodies and whatnot off the surf. So just, well, I didn't actually see what they would have got them on, but I'd say live squid if you can get it. Dead yeah. squid obviously is a bait. They'll eat, they can eat anything when they're on, but it's just big. I'd be using squid as your dominant bait for the mulloway if possible. But a nice flesh bait will work too. Like I've caught Pinning plenty of mulloway. Yeah, put it through the top, slimy mackerel fillet or yakka fillet, or even get a yakka lot, small yakka live. They'll eat that as well. Obviously, land based off the beach harder to get live bait out there. But yeah. a lot of people are using drones now. 
So yeah. there's different ways and methods to fish, and that beach is fishing really well for big mulloway. Some great snapper being caught off the rocks at Queens with fish to six kilos being landed, uh, squid being the best bait used. South Australia, Redmond, off the back of Gather Round, has there been fishing, has the fish gathered as well? Corwell, the whiting, have been on fire, just as good as Gather Round on those, Patrick. 45 centimetre fish, and obviously the squid as bait is a dominant. Pippi on stop on the bottom of it if you want it on first, then a bit of squid, if they've been a bit fussy, but plenty of good fish there. The other one, Port Mac, is firing up with barrel bluefin. Oh, I might have went there during caught. the week, Patrick. We haven't even spoke about that, but that we some beautiful barrels showing up at Port Mac. Eddie McHenry as well doing. Uh, well, that's I've actually got a question for you. Can I ask it now? Fire away. Barrel fishing's become very easy. Okay. No, it hasn't. That's a lie. Listen. Okay. Well, it hasn't. Do you know why it it's hasn't? Not- I'm calling it now. I've been guilty of this too. Barrel oh. is a hundred kilo. You're having a go at Ned. No, no, not Ned particular. No, no. And I'm Just, happy to go have a go at Ned. I like Ned. He's a nice young... He's nice, he's, we, we love Ned. But, but I'm calling cr- it. Okay. I'm calling it now. Barrel, it has to be 100 kilo. Ned, it wasn't a barrel, mate. It was 70. Actually, it was... No, I don't think his was 70. It was a school... It was a big school fish. You've caught, you've, <laughs> no, I'm not having a go. You've caught a school... <laughs> Blue I was guilty of it. I said I got barrels the other week, and I, they were around 70 to 80 kilo. So I was guilty of it too. But I'm calling it... Now, a barrel is 100 is hundred kilo. Across the Tasman. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. Oh, thank you. Go to Tasmania. What have, what have you got for us in, in Tassie, Westbury? Meander River, which is out near Westbury. I hope I pronounced that right. The trout are going fantastic in the Arvos, uh, which are brown trout. They are up to 10 pound, Patrick, and you're getting them on different different methods. Plastics, uh, uh, bent, bent minnows, so they're the ones that work really well just in the late evenings working off the shore. They In the shallows, they work really well too. Uh, the other one, Cape Barron, is holding some huge uh, school, uh, a huge school rather, of bluefin to 20 kilos. Halco uh, divers. Working the best. Yeah, they? I've written, written halo, halo in front of, halo in front of you. Halco, they have been a game changer this year, Halco divers. Not even this year, in general. All the charter boats, which will probably continue to, to Halco. Nearly every, but like, I'm not talking four rods, eight rods with divers on them. We spoke to Chris Vasileski a little while ago, and he was running just no skirts, just divers. Pretty much all Halcos. We might have to get the boys on from Halco next week. Do you got a contact there? I actually do. Well, I'll pass that on. I, might, I need some Halcos. Right, we'll get on to <laughs> All right, that is the whip around. We spoke off the top of the show around Victoria and how that's we working did. at the moment. Uh, just a quick little refresher for us. You've got 30 seconds. Yeah, so I'd be concentrating on the squid throughout both bays. There's plenty of calamari. Garfish are in good numbers as we come into the winter months. The school tuna thinning out a fair bit too. Barrels showing up right around Victoria. The uh, Mulloway still caught... Uh, will be caught up to this moon. So we just had the moon. So there was plenty of Mulloway in the Nelson. And also the brim and estuary fishing in Lake Tyres is coming really good as we taper off into those colder months. Uh, our good friend of the show, Lee Rayner, will be doing his best work down there. I'm tipping in the next month or so as well. That was the whip around. We find out what's biting around the state. You're listening to Real Adventures after the break. Taylor Hunt from Victorian Fisheries Authority joins us. And they're going to talk about uh, the stocking program for 2023. Yep and the money that's being spent from your uh, your tax dollars heading into the water where you can get your family a fee, which is great. They're releasing uh, marlin off bowling heads too. I reckon <laughs> that's what the question's going to be to Taylor. See you after the break. This is Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures. 
Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for All Aboard. And Taylor Hunt joins us from the Victorian Fisheries Authority. Good morning, Taylor. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're going well now. We're into April, so we're a few months into the year. Nearly at the end of April, Patrick. Gee whiz. Let's talk about, well, the past four months, but also the year ahead and what we have to look forward to if you're a Victorian fisherman or fisherwoman. Or fish are they? As uh, is it Sam Smith Redman? I'm getting a bit off track. Here, we'll just go with anyone that fishes, Pat. Anyone that fishes, <laughs> uh, and what Vic Fisheries are doing around their stocking program for 2023, Taylor? Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Danger. Thanks, Red. It's pretty exciting. We've got lots going on at the moment. We've we've just sort of finished the salmonid stocking. Sorry, the native stocking season for our warm water species like Murray cod, golden perch, and so forth. And now we're going into the whole new year where we've got another 10 million fish to stock across 12 different species. And we're going to put them into 230 waters around the state. So we're currently, um, yeah, putting it out for, for comment from anglers to see what people think. Um, so this starts basically all of our salmonid species. So brown trout, rainbow trout, Chinook salmon, tiger trout will be stocking um, from now uh, right through April, May, June, July, August. Uh, and then we'll go into our yeah warmer native species, so Murray cod, golden perch, silver perch, trout cod, Macquarie perch, bass, estuary perch, from about October through summer. Um, so heaps of fish to go around, and um, yeah, it's exciting fishing at the moment. Like weather's you know starting to cool down, um, so there's plenty of trout on the tops getting caught. We'll be putting some more in just this week. We're putting another four thousand tiger trout into Parham Beat. Uh, and there are still a few natives getting caught, like some good catches of cod and yellows around the place. So, yeah, really keen to hear from anglers on what their thoughts are on the stocking program, where we can find new waters or new species or bring on new new fisheries for you. Well, before I ask you the serious question, when you're dropping 4,000 fish in a water, who counts the 4,000 fish that gets put in there? <laughs> <laughs> good, good question. The, so the team at Snobs Creek are pretty clever. They do... They basically take a sample of the fish before they put them in yep. um, and then look at the weights and then they extrapolate that whole thing up for the total weight of the fish um, so they can work out how many are there. And uh, these tiger trout that are going in, they're actually they're pretty big fish. They're sort of 50 to 100 grams. So we're sort of talking or 15 to 20 centimetres, beautiful colours. And, uh, yeah, they don't count every single one, but they've got a pretty good handle on it by working out the weights of fish. Yeah, um, but it's awesome. You, you guys have been involved in stocking, letting fish go, uh, and then going for a fish around a stocking event. Um, yeah, we think it takes a fun and lots of anglers get involved in it. So, um, yeah, it's good stuff. You mentioned 12 species getting released or uh, in the next, I guess, what, Pat, next What's eight going to, months, eight yeah. months for the, for the next, well, 12, I'm going to say 12 months, but obviously we're four months in. Who actually decides on what species of fish get released? Uh, so who goes out there and goes, right, oh, this, this fish is the strongest fish, for example, tiger trout. easiest to breed or yeah, whatever. easiest to breed. Yep. What comes into the factor of it and how do you actually decide on the species of fish that you're going to actually use? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. So it's actually, it's really been built up over years and years, decades, I'd say, of, of um, us, fisheries sitting down with anglers and saying what do you guys think um what sort of fish should we be stocking where should we put be putting them on what species because a lot of this comes from angling license funds so from your fishing license fees and some of it comes from state government as well so firstly it's about improving fishing 
So we sit down and talk with angling reps around the state. Um, we put the plan out like at the moment for people's comments. And then we have some meetings with representatives and say, oh, what do you think? Should we put some more cod into Lake Yildon? Should we increase the number of yellow belly? Should we move some over here and sort of go through it through there? And then to support that, we've got some surveys that we do around the place to see what's actually working. So we sort of um, learn as we go, but it's happened for, you know, going back to the 80s and we do it every year at the moment. So really keen for people's views on it. Um, last year, we did 10 million fish, but we had about 65 suggestions for stocking and we made a heap of changes and brought on some new fisheries. So Pat, you might remember, we put some more ETs into Painkalak. We put some into Lakers Cutting near Point Lonsdale, uh, Upper Stony Creek, um, and all around the state, like right across Victoria. So it's a bit of a um, partnership working with anglers, a little bit of science in there um, to improve fishing. Uh, and then we're trying to rebuild those threatened species like trout cod and macquarie perch. And um, they're getting a boost at the moment through some commitments to upgrade our hatcheries. Can I actually just ask you why you're there? Did you say Point Lonsdale estuary perch? Um, sorry, yeah, estuary perch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Lake is Cutting um, right there at Point Lonsdale, Queenscliff, traditional one of our best brim fisheries in the state. Um, people keep it under wraps. It's been really good that people know about it as well. It used to have an estuary perch population. Yeah, um, right. So last year we started putting yeah putting a few fish back in there. And this year again we're proposing to put in another 15,000. And they're coming through already. Guys like Michael Moore and John Joubert and these guys are down there flicking around and they're catching some adults, but they're seeing our stocked fish coming through too, which is really cool. And those EPs, like, they've produced some great fisheries, Albert Park Lake and Devil Bend. People are getting like 45 centimetre fish off the top, which is, um, you know, that's our barra of the south for those listening around Australia. <laughs> ETs, big mouth, good fun. Uh, we, we love them and, yeah, we're trying to make more of these fisheries. I think it's important to, to note, Taylor, that the, the feedback that you get isn't just – it doesn't just fall on deaf ears. Like, I think that can happen at, at different stages with, um, with, with some government initiatives around – not not fisheries, but external around you know how much feedback does uh, is is really taken on board from the general public. But this is something that happens in fishing all the time, and and the feedback is genuinely taken on board. And places are stocked because of the the requests at times, and it doesn't fall on deaf ears. Yeah, spot on, Pat. And we're I mean we're very grateful, and lucky we're fishers too. But yeah, genuinely we want to know what um, fishers want and we'll do our best to make it happen. Sometimes we can't do everything. You know, today there's been a couple of calls and submissions come through for stocking ideas and some of them we'll, um, we'll explore and do our best. Other ones will be a bit harder to do. There are some um, limits around, you know, we can't put Murray Cod in places where they're going to eat some endangered fish. But, yeah, absolutely, it's genuine. We want to get the best out of it. We're trying to make fishing as good as we can and, and bring back some more new fisheries as well. Saltwater um, barramundi, wouldn't it? Bar and River would be nice, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Funny you should say Put that. a big Not heater up. in there. Well, there has been, there's been some barra caught in the Yarra recently, last couple of years, and in the Maribyrnong. They're not, really? they're not ours. We didn't put them in there. Yeah, right. But they've got in there. They're big fish too. Like We're talking like between 40 and 70 centimetres. So uh, crazier things have happened. Um, yeah, we do have some marine stocking. We've got another 35,000 dusky flathead um, to go in Lake Tyres and Gippsland Lakes. And we are interested in um, continuing some mulloway stocking as well. 
Um, so some of that marine stocking, like, yeah, we, we want to do it. New South do a little bit, and we think we could do some down here too. Well, that was going to be my um, next so, question, question to you was regarding the, the marine. And I've, get, I've got this, received questions about it so many times over the years. What fish would I like stocked here? And I sort of put it into a bit of reality, like you sort of travel to destinations to make a trip of it and a holiday. So like, do you yep. try and introduce species to take that away from other areas or whatnot? Is that part of the conversation too? So like, I don't want to, I love traveling for just an example up the East coast, chase a Marlin. I love traveling that. Like, oh, you want, you want the boys to stock Marlin in Victoria, do you? No, just, an, just, it's just, just, it'd be lovely if they could, which is impossible. But I'm, just I'm writing an, that one down. Uh, Marlin of uh, Marlin Head. I hope you've got a big budget. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, just, for example, like the travel and the, I guess for doing it. So like the flathead, a flathead fishing, for example, down at Lake Tyres, there's massive flathead in there. Like people travel from here down there to do it. So stocking it closer yep. to where I'm from, is it going to take away the stuff from lakes, uh, uh, Lake Tyres? Uh, so, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. I guess what we're trying to do is create a, a suite of fishing opportunities, but also, you know, some places um, we don't need to do too much. Yep. Um, but the dusky flathead, for instance, in Tyres, that's really because when Tyres shut, the periods of time, we know that mm. they won't breed. So we're, we're trying to get in there and give them a hand and, and I guess give them a little bit of a boost. Same in, same in Gippsland Lakes with estuary perch and bass and some of those rivers. Uh, if it was a, you know, a really big one um, like, like that, putting Dusky Flathead outside where they normally are in a new spot, we'd, we'd talk about that pretty, pretty um, extensively with, with anglers. And we don't want to muck up anything that's already working well. Uh, and we don't want to, you know, we don't want them to eat things that they shouldn't. Um, but, you know, nothing's off the table. It's your money. It's Rec Fishing, Rec Fishers fees that funds this. And we're open to suggestions to make fishing great and, you know, just keep making it as good as we can. A couple of new 50 so, uh, rides to, uh, to Ocean Grove would be good if it's my money. The government can buy me new rods, yeah. Patrick. <laughs> Mate, they're, they're, my, they're my reels well, anyway, you, so I, I don't know why I've you got some new ones actually too. Uh, Albert, <laughs> is Albert Park Lake one of the hidden little gems even though everyone knows about it but in terms of a place to fish it's consistently being stocked and there's some great fish that get caught out of there but people tend to forget it because it sits in you know pretty much the middle of the city yeah <laughs> hard yeah, to find <laughs> hard to find <laughs> yeah. exactly i reckon it is it's a gem like it's what is it like three kilometers from the cbd and uh, so it's about yeah. a five hour drive <laughs> <laughs> Heaps of EPs off the top. Like I've snuck in there with Anthony of, of, of an evening after work and so much fun. But there's cod in there. There's yellows in there. There's silvers. We put rainbow trout. We put stonkers, like those big rainbows, up to eight kilos in there. So, you know, you can catch these trout of a lifetime. They have lived in a hatchery, but pretty exciting for kids and families who can't travel right across Victoria. We're trying to, in some cases, bring the fishing to the people. So, yeah, Albert Park Lake, but a heap of those urban waters we're putting native fish and trout in. So school holidays, right now, people can go and catch some awesome fish if they can't get out into the region. So I reckon I reckon we're pretty lucky. And, um, yeah, there are some hidden gems. Devil Bend's another one, which is really cool. Yep. Um, yeah, lots of good options around the place. For those that are listening at, uh, right now on the road or at home, Taylor isn't just a fisheries scientist either. He's a wreck fisherman like myself and you, Pat. So he, he gets out there and he targets... Well, pesters the bluefin top 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 top, top, top water a hell of a lot mainly just mainly just annoying them most of the time yeah <laughs> he, uh, he fishes down my way he lives down my way and he fishes uh, in the waters a hell of a lot so it's great to actually have people that fish 
uh, or recreational fish that actually works in the industry as well. We know we're not just getting the old scientist, Patrick, that's sticking by the book either. They're actually recreational fishers themselves. So it's actually great to see you uh, working hard for us, uh, Taylor. Thanks very much. No, no, thanks, guys. We love it. It's a partnership. And, yeah, we're pretty lucky to work in this space. And, yeah, we just want good fishing. But um works both ways. Appreciate the support and the good ideas. And uh, I think there's some pretty good stuff going on at the moment around the place. So, um yeah, thanks for the chat. You, really just, you just do your job properly and get those marlin down here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'd like to catch some of those too. So let's make it happen. <laughs> Taylor Hunt, our special guest this morning, uh, Fisheries Manor at, at Victorian Fisheries Authority. The Real Adventures Review for TJM. Take the lead with TJM, proudly the first Australian-made and manufactured four-wheel drive equipment since 1973. It's now time for Red's Review, our product review of the week, and on the back of a very sick uh, Geelong forward Gary Rowan just spending a few hours vomiting off the side of the boat. He wasn't happy that you took him out in Hurricane Katrina-type conditions, but it leads us to sort of the annual review of sea sickness tablets, and then, of course, there is the uh, wrist creams, there's the bands that people purchase that apparently work. I've used them plenty of times. They don't tend to work for me, Aaron. What do you have? What do you use? I don't use anything because I get sick on land. <laughs> Well, that I'm, leads us, I'm good on the water. <laughs> that leads us to the great Andrew Eddinghausen ET. Yes, it does. We're going straight to 1300 seasick. That's the number. So, with a few letters. You sound like an infomercial. This is not an ad either. This is, you know why I'm so passionate about this? Is because this has saved my ass many times. Not myself <laughs> from seasick, but it's stopped myself from having days ruined by my mates that do get seasick. So, Craig, who owns Salt Guide with myself, yes. seasick. Gibber, one of my best mates, seasick. I couldn't let the list goes on. Many people, seasick, bad, Gary included. He hasn't had these tablets yet. He's about to because I sent him a link during the week. It was one three hundred. Oh, sorry, the link was escapetravelseasickness.com.au. So make sure you hit it up there and follow the prompts. Now, Pat, I'll throw it to you here. Look at that. Look at how easy it is. It's a four-step process. You put your name in there, your phone number. You need to be on ET's payroll. Is this actually ET? It is ET, isn't it? It is. Well, I've not. This is not. Any, this is only honestly this is nothing I don't get paid for this <laughs> but it works it actually works his tablet you know what it doesn't do Go on. it doesn't make you super dried out like the other tablets do or drowsy or drowsy is the, the big yeah, one drowsy is the, big, the one. big one the amount of people that go I'm not sick I'm just tired after they have travel calm oh shocking this I has agree. caffeine in it if I can recommend anything don't drink a coffee in the morning I'm only saying that from the boys that they have taken it they've yeah. taken it and they've got a little bit sick um, so like they've gotten sick with the coffee because it has a caffeine. I don't know how it affects it, but that's just from what the boys tell me. Uh, I don't, I can't remember how much it is, but it's different with the amount you ordered, but whatever the cost is, I think anyone will pay it to not have seasickness. Yeah. It's a little bit on the pricier side, but it, it is well worth it. Uh, it comes, it's, it's off your body weight. It's off your height. It comes, it's actually like prescript, prescribed to you over the, over the internet. It's actually dodgy, it's quite, dodgy as hell, but <laughs> no, it's actually really, really good. And it does work. So one three hundred seasick is the number or jump on the, uh, their website, escapetravelsickness.com.au. Follow the steps, four steps, and you'll be away. That was for TJM. Take the lead with TJM. Quality four-wheel drive equipment. You're listening to Real Adventures. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's tip for the weekend. Redmond, what do you have for us? Well, usually things come in threes. That's what people say. I don't believe it. I reckon it's a 24-hour thing. 
good things or bad things, you mean? Bad things is the one I was trying to say. Bad things come in three, sorry. Okay. Because <laughs> I stuffed that up, didn't I? Uh, because they usually say, oh, one, step one goes wrong, step two, step three, then, oh, you're out of trouble. It's not. It's a 24-hour thing. If anything goes wrong to you, it's always a day, isn't it? It's 24 hours. You need to go to sleep. So what happens is when you get to a, tire, a, a, a petrol station that's shut at 7 a.m., uh, when it's meant to be open at 6 and it's not and it's still shut, yep. your tyre's blown out, yep. your jacket blows off the boat into the water, it's in, blowing 30 knot winds, just in, go home. Get in, get in the car and go home. Just go home. Give up. I know they say don't give up in life, but I'm telling you right now, give up. If something goes wrong like that, just give up. Go home because your day's only going to get worse. You're going to have a mate dying on your boat of seasickness. You're going to go down dirt roads and you're going to have to be reversing half a kilometre back, hitting potholes. So Red's tip, when things go wrong, it's a 24-hour bug. It's not a three-step process. Go home, start again. The next day you'll get five barrels. If anything is ever going wrong, <laughs> just give up. Aaron's special message. 